In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 196th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to uh, uh, title this episode, So You Want to Be a Sports Agent. We were on the uh, Lee Steinberg Sports Career Conference last Saturday as a panelist on the uh, sports media group, but uh, also we were there for there were you know executives from the Braves talking about Brandon and all kinds of sports issues. But I listened to Steinberg's uh, keynote address and want to share some of the key points uh, from that or from Lee Steinberg, the uh, real life Jerry Maguire, for people that might want to be in, get into the sports agency field. Uh, you know, he's been in it since 1975, was uh, Steve Burkowski's uh, agent with the Falcons. Uh, they were uh, friends at Cal Berkeley, and he's since still been in the game, uh, has Patrick Mahomes as his current, uh, one of his top clients today. So he's uh, uh, rose to the top of the profession, made the movie about him based off of his stories, uh, and uh, he's been quite active and quite colorful throughout the years. So I want to go back and share some of that with you all. We also want to hear from Alex Mack. We got the um, uh, Marquand Manual story, a little bit on the salary cap, and then the um, review the statements and comments from Matt Ryan, Arthur Blank, Keith Smith, and Caleb McGarry around the George Floyd uh, murder that has caused a protest throughout the country. So let's start with Lee Steinberg here. Uh, you know, he uh, had a bump in the road in his life. Everybody does. Uh, but he's been sober for 10 years now. Um, he had a problem with wine, but he was able to smooth that out by taking on the problem one day at a time. But he said the power of optimism is what's key for him and uh, in this uh, sports field, you know, somebody could tell him there's a barn full of defecation, but I think somewhere in there, there's a pony. So, you know, you got to have that power to be optimistic. He also discussed the Rooney rule. We're going to play some of that for you later. Uh, he said, I support any effort to broaden the search to minority and women candidates. Okay. And then we talked, he talked about a couple of books that, you know, if you need more than just your conversation with them in the sports conference that people had, uh, winning with integrity, getting your, what you want without selling your soul. That's one of his books out there, 1999. And then the agent is another book that he referred, uh, folks to that want a little bit more. He broke it down on each league, uh, you know, baseball, you just need a client. NFL, PA, you got to jump through all these hurdles, take some tests, 
don't necessarily have to be a lawyer. Uh, something with a business degree would, would help too. Um, you know, it's changing playing field now where high school kids are going to be able to hire marketing agents to help them uh, get their, um, you know, will they be eligible for payments in college in the coming future. So you might want to go out and start recruiting your local high school kids. But you got to have, um, you know, you got to have some entrepreneurial spirit there. Uh, also, another tip that was given was that, hey, a lot of ways, a lot of times to, to get your foot in the door with a team, if you want to be a team executive and go up that route, is uh, working through ticket sales. And I know a lot of people, uh, one young lady said she worked six years and did everything because, you know, there's going to be a lot of work to do no matter what once you're in the door. But you want to... Talk to everybody. Have a singular focus on your work work ethic. He didn't get married till he was 36 because he was building the business. And, you know, he didn't, you know, that's maybe one of his regrets. But he didn't get going until later in life. But uh, he had to be singular, singularly focused on his starting the agency. A short break, water break there. Learning to take those now. So great sports agents equal great clients. So you got to get the best clients out there. Uh, and that's how you break into, um, he gave one one firm an advice that they were an entertainment firm. He told him, hey, well, sports and entertainment kind of overlap. They kind of know each other. So that might be your way to get in. But picking the right client is going to uh, make sure uh, it's going to be the, you know, really key for you. But what unique skills do you have to enhance their life? Because everybody's going to be able to tell you who can play and who can't play. But how can you enhance their life? You know, new draftees, the uniqueness. Sometimes you might have to be on campus to volunteer to get close to the decision makers or the athletes. Decision makers are going to be the parents in in most instances. Uh, And then what services that you offer? You got to master their path to the draft, the training and all that and how you can enhance that for them. So uh, those are some of the steps, at least for football. Now, he tries to um, through philanthropy, role model and stimulating uh, the best value for the client. He makes sure they go back to their high schools, uh, church or boys and girls club and rebond with the university. And then take on one thing to tackle. It could be uh, endangered species. It could be, you know, saving the whales. It could be domestic violence. But, you know, your client, he wants his clients to do these four things. And then as a firm, his firm is going to do these four things. Uh, You know, they like, uh, you know, they campaign against bullying. They want to stop bullying, domestic violence, child abuse, and then racism. He's had a, a, a thing to help. Uh, folks identify skinhead and hate groups and don't don't give in to the day you know it's you you're the one that are going to fix it you know that's his advice that his dad gave him so how do you want to make your career stand for something unique he's been around since 75 back when the tv deals were two million and now the league is getting 220 million on the tv so, and he's also started Athletes Direct and sold that. And uh, 
you know, those are just some of the highlights from Lee Steinberg. Let's hear from him on the, um, he's asked a question about the Rooney rule. Here, let's hear what he had to say here. He supports any effort to broaden the search. Uh, you know, they had some new rules passed, and then we'll see uh, how they shake up here. The league uh, has recognized the problem. We had Rich McKay talking about the uh, hiring practices uh, in the last couple cycles, uh, and Lee Steinberg, uh, you know, spoke his piece on that Rooney rule change also. So, hey, let's go next here to Alex Mack. We had Alex Mack on a conference call. We're going to share a little bit of that with you. Uh, it's a lot, but uh, we'll probably cut it off here after a couple questions. Alex Mack. It's tough to do everything, and it's, it's a constant challenge to get the communication right, to figure things out, to get to know people over our computer screen is difficult. So having the same people in place from the previous is definitely an advantage for, for us. Right. And to follow up, I believe in 2011 when, when there was the lockout, you guys, when you were in Cleveland, you had a coaching change. Um, I guess it's somewhat similar, although you guys couldn't have any contact, I think, with, with the new coaches uh, during the lockout. Um, how, how tough was that, just from a player's perspective, to, to deal with the coaching change and then not have that kind of interaction uh, through an offseason? We had uh, the same O-line coach. So as an O-lineman, a lot of what we did stayed the same. We would call things maybe a little bit differently, but a lot was carryover anyways. So it was the same kind of core group of guys. It was the same thing with a different head coach. Uh, but again, like I forgot that that would have been really tough to not have any offseason or anything. But it really is an advantage for the older veteran players that have picked up a system that know what to do, that know how to prepare that know what goes into getting ready. Uh, I think this virtual stuff is really hard for everyone because in the lockout year, you could go meet up with people or go to the local gym and figure out and meet, like, a lot of that is different. It, it's still, I'm not in the building, but now it's more difficult in fact that I'm not in the building and I'm all alone. So I'm lucky enough to have, you know, be able to set something up here and work out on my own and, kind of figure things out that way and know what it takes to be prepared for a year. Okay, cool. Thanks, Alex. Really appreciate it. Yep. Vaughn? There it is, Alex Mack, just talking about, you know, back in 2011, I think that was a question from uh, Jason Butt from The Athletic uh, about how the Browns got going back and so forth. But they could practice. I remember the Falcons practiced uh, up at Buford High, uh, the Buford Parks uh 
I, I, it wasn't a high school stadium. It wasn't at the stadium, but it was some parks right right down the street from the high school stadium. And uh, the Raiders were out there, too. Jason Campbell had a, a group from uh, the South for the Raiders that were out there practicing a couple times. So that was a Julio Jones rookie year. And, uh, you know, that's the last kind of offseason where it was just bizarre. But not, not as bizarre as this. Salary cap. The um, Desmond Trufant uh, designation came off the books today or went on the books today. Falcons have $11.6 million on their salary cap for which they'll use to um, sign the rookie class, which was already signed last year by May 16th. And then, um, you know, maybe they got enough room to get a pass rusher or a cornerback. I'm thinking they're too young at quarterback. That cornerback, they can't be ready to go with uh, Terrell, first-year guy, Oliver, third-year guy, Sheffield, second-year guy, cornerback, without some insurance. So, uh, Bleedy Ray was re-signed. And uh, there's some good corners on the market, Logan Ryan, Darquez Denard. And if you can fix Tremaine Johnson, I don't know what's happened to him since uh, after six solid years in uh, with the Rams. So it's, a, it's some opportunities. Of course, I think they should get Clay Matthews uh, Jr. out there, you know, have a, a reunion with his cousin here. And, I mean, he, he, you know, not what he was, but it's, you know, it's not 2004, or 2008 again, but he still had eight sacks last year, was, you know, missed a couple games. His eight sacks would have tied for the lead with the Falcons with eight sacks. So uh, I'm, you know, getting him in the right price, play him 20, 30 snaps. I don't see where that hurts you at all. So we'll see where they go with this extra money and see uh, what moves they make. He may cost too much, maybe not, but we will see. Now, um, it's on the internet now. Um, um, the uh, story about Marquand Manuel. Uh, we we caught up with him, and it's the "Where Are They Now?" story with Falcons defense former coordinator Marquand Manuel. He wasn't real happy about being let go after the 2018 season. He had pushed the unit into the top ten in all the key categories in uh, 17. They end on the one yard line in Philadelphia. You know, if that goes uh, another way, maybe, you know, that, that group's still here. But, you know, he didn't like getting fired. He took a year off, uh, worked with his son's football team, uh, did some studying of the uh, the league and so forth, and then was able to get back in with a uh, with a um, job with the Philadelphia Eagles. So, uh, Marquand Manuel, where are they now? We'll get you an update on that because, you know, when they fire him, or he said they he was on a one-year contract and they didn't renew it. So, I mean, you know, uh, he got blamed. He didn't like getting blamed for all the failures of the defense when, in fact, he had done a good job. One thing I didn't get into him was the Eli Apple situation and if that might have uh, played into, you know, orders for him to be fired because I'm pretty sure Quinn wasn't have fired him. Uh, you know, they started working together back at Florida as soon as he retired and uh, was in Seattle together and brought him here with them. So, you know, he wasn't going to fire him. So I'm thinking that maybe the organizational move 
but, you know, we don't have anything to, to back that up. We didn't talk about that. If he thought he got fired because of the Eli Apple incident at the combine. I know Brian Cox feel his uh, uh, incident, his fight at the combine was one of the reasons why he got fired. Uh, but, you know, if that's the case, uh, I couldn't imagine Quinn firing the, his one of his, you know, guys that's been with him at three different stops on his own volition. Unless something really bad went wrong. But uh, that's just my thoughts on that. And Mark Juan's going to Philly. He'll be uh, coaching the D-backs there. He can't wait to see him in person and get off of these virtual calls. So good luck to him in the future. Now, um, you know, the the nations has been pretty rough out here uh, with the protest and all and uh, uh, with the uh, uh, comments. Of course, the um, Falcons owner, Arthur Blank, and uh, quarterback Matt Ryan made some statements. Uh, we put them up into one story. They're online. Uh, Keith Smith, uh, fullback, you know, want everybody to know that Black Lives Matter. Uh, guard Caleb McGarry initially uh, wanted to know about the buildings and the property damage without really addressing the murder uh, of George Floyd. But he walked that back after he get a, got a backlash from the uh, Falcon fans. So that's where the Falcons are. I haven't seen anything uh, other than that over this week so far. But um Damn Woken, you know, was some issues with all of them. You know, Blank doesn't mention George Lloyd, George Floyd by name uh, or any police brutality. You know, that's what the, the whole thing was about here. And even when Kaepernick was kneeling a couple years ago, folks were upset with that. I mean, you can't have the police run around killing folks for passing a bad $20 check. That's not... You know, that's that's not what, uh, you know, what, what we want to be known for. And folks are protesting worldwide in Amsterdam and the Netherlands. I saw that earlier, Berlin, earlier this week. So, I mean, we're going to be forced to, we need to address this. Uh, you know, the cops in Minnesota need to be arrested as accomplices as they stood there and, and watched as uh, they put the, the uh, knee and the neck of Mr. Floyd for nine minutes. So the cops around the country need to know that excessive force is not going to be tolerated. And Atlanta has uh, charged six cops and two involved in a senseless tasing of two college students who had just kind of wandered into the protest uh, looking for something to eat that night. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, it's been uh, pretty tough here. Hope things will get uh better before they get worse but you know change you know sometimes you gotta rattle some cages to get some change and uh trying to kneel and protest that upset people and the uh nfl uh didn't do much about it back then and uh one thing i recommend you go read is a column by joe lockhart he was a former vp of communications for the nfl He's not in that position anymore. He was there during the Kaepernick time. And the league chose to throw money at the problem, some of the social issues that Malcolm Jenkins and his group were doing, as opposed to signing Kaepernick. They didn't want to, um, you know, uh, sign him because of the uh, symbolism. 
and the fact that uh, one team thought they lose 20% of their uh, season ticket base. So um, instead of making a statement against police brutality, they made a statement with their pocketbook. Uh, and now, you know, we might have to look at, you know, what's right and what's wrong and worry about the pocketbook later. But that's where we're at here in 2020. Uh, that story's up online with uh, the comments from Blank, Ryan, Keith Smith, and uh, Caleb McGarry. The Falcons promised to do things uh, to help the uh, racial uh, sensitivity within the locker room. They they did they went on police rides and did a bunch of stuff, but you know they didn't really want to talk about it. Uh, so I mean, you know, you need to make make you know they they were probably afraid of some backlash too. But if you're going to stand up for something, go ahead and be vocal about it. Uh, don't try to do it on the low, low, just to cover, do the CYA type of thing. But we'll monitor everything as we move forward here. Uh, we're heading into the dead period here in a couple weeks. We're going to get, I think we're getting Matt Ryan and Dan Quinn coming up in the next couple of days um, and, and next week. So we'll look forward to that. Then after that, we just got to sit back and wait and see uh, what happens in late July. And when we get, um, you know, uh, uh, go ahead on this pandemic to return to the field. So it's a lot going on here in uh, Falcon land and around the nation right now. Uh, we'll certainly, uh, you know, um, stay on top of things here and, uh, you know, post our Falcon stories as we um, you know, as they come up. But with that, let's go ahead and get out of here from the 196th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. So you want to be a sports agent. Lee Steinberg stopped by. Alex Mack, the Falcon Center. That's it. Take care and goodbye. AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.